What's up, everybody? It's another episode of Magical Boys. I'm your host, Ruben Medina, and joined by the always lovely, always killing it, DJ Kirkland. It's me. Hey, Internet. What's up? Yeah. Um, that's a rhetorical question because you can't respond to us right now. Right. <laughs> but take a minute, wherever you're listening to this, and just say to yourself, I'm doing good. Mm-hmm. And if you're doing bad, you can say, I'm doing bad, and that's okay. Because mm-hmm. um, we're all in this together. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, yeah, unfortunately, we are all in this together. <laughs> if this is your first time listening Oof. or your, your uh, 50th time listening, uh, Magical Boys is a podcast where we discuss uh, uh, nerd culture through a queer uh, POC perspective. Um, that's right. And that's the thing. We just uh, wanted to add those voices to the... Uh... DJ, you know, I'm just going to hop right into this. What's, yeah. wrong with, uh, what's wrong with adult Nintendo fans? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So I I have it's, some like did okay. So I have some tea about about this. So um, I saw something online where somebody was like really upset about um Paper Mario, mm-hmm. and and they were like the game makes me feel bad, and I'm like okay, well like that's that's on that whatever your experience is, your experience, and that's okay. Um, but it was like it it like devolved into like a into like a really weird conversation like not even a conversation but like like a thread that I saw and I was like ooh like maybe you should seek therapy mm-hmm. maybe um, but yeah n- adult Nintendo fans are I don't know if adult Nintendo fans are as bad as Disney adults. But I feel like there are different <laughs> sides of the same coin. Well, let me and like so, and I wanted to clarify though. Uh, certainly, the way I led you into that was definitely clickbaity um, in nature. <laughs> but like, the, there is a problem with I think um, pretty much all adult fans of all fandoms. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, it, everyone uh, look yep. at PlayStation and Xbox fans in gaming. Um, look at uh, anime fans on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's all really rough. Um, I think the thing that is, I think the reason why Nintendo fans, uh, I was talking to my partner about this earlier today, why they get singled out is because Nintendo is a company that like, when I think about like PlayStation's house style, right? Mm -hmm. Their house style right now is very much like what the last of us is. They make, uh, like, not that this is every game on PlayStation, but the current version of PlayStation, I think PlayStation one and two era was quirky Japanese games. Mm -hmm. Um, they kind of inherited that from the SNES. Um, and then PlayStation three and four kind of became, uh, like prestige narrative adult games was their thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if Xbox to me has ever had like a really strong house style. Cause like when you think about their first party, big titles, it's like, uh, God or gears of war, halo and Forza. Um, I don't know what blinks the time cat Ruben. Don't forget about blinks the time cat. Okay, so Blinks the Time Cat is an amazing outlier. <laughs> Don't forget, grab by the ghoulies. Don't they forget. They have, you know what? The, the, the 23rd, a couple days from now, uh, they have their game showcase for the next gen. And if Blinks the Time... Is it the Time Sweeper? Was it the time name sweeper, of the game? Time Sweeper, Time Cat, whatever. He it's was a, a cat. cat. He was a cat, but I don't know if it was yeah. Sweeper or just But he was like cat. a time janitor, and there's the Time <laughs> Sweeper, I think. Yes. Um, which is all I want. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what Xbox's house style outside of like good FPSs and online games are. Right. But Nintendo's house style is like games for everybody. Yep. 
like if it's a first party Nintendo title, it's games for everyone to enjoy. And people will sometimes say that as like, oh, they're games for kids, which I don't think is true. I think right. it's games for everyone. Yeah. Um, and when something is so fluffy, I'm always amazed at fandoms being so terrible. Yeah. Uh, see She-Ra. See Steven Universe. Universe. Yeah. Uh, like any of those things where it's like, this is for young people as well. I think that's why, to me, the fandoms, those fandoms stick out as being oh, like, why are you all so angry? Yeah. What's what's wrong? Like what's, like, what's happening here? Like, why are you so mad? Like, it's it's super fucking Mario. I also think it's Nintendo has such very, very strong, um, like set of characters and first party IPs that are Mm -hmm. like very character based that people love. So if Nintendo has any news that isn't about those, that isn't Metroid, Mario, Zelda, um, Star Fox, F-Zero, like all these titles, people lose their shit versus like, you know, PlayStation doesn't have like that franchise or Mm -hmm. that character um, that is iconic in the same way. Yeah. Um, I guess Xbox has like Master Chief, right? Yeah. Yeah, like I for me, I like I mean, I don't know what this says about me, and I think I've said this on the show before as well. It's like I just like don't get my hopes up about anything mm-hmm. because whatever hopes hopes and dreams that I can fabricate in my mind, the reality is never going to be going to be the same or live up to any of that. So I feel like a lot of folks that get like super disappointed that like their one specific thing wasn't announced in a Nintendo Direct that may may or may not even be relevant to Nintendo at that point in time wasn't announced. I think you're just perpetually setting yourself up for failure. And I don't think there's anything wrong with being disappointed by their showings or lack of showings of particular things that we would like to see from them that would sell like hotcakes and would bring mm-hmm. them in a ton of money but like people are like getting mad like mad mad over them not announcing the very specific thing that they want and i'm like where does this anger stem from i'm 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 honestly very confused by that and that mentality like across the board cuz it's like at the end of the day, like, Nintendo's a corporation, Microsoft's a corporation, Sony's a corporation. None of them are our friends. And mm-hmm. they, we are not in, they are not indebted to us or vice versa. So, like, I, I think it comes from those, I think it comes from this weird capitalist, the customer's always right mentality. That's super toxic. And we all know, especially for those people that have worked it worked a single shift of retail or any customer service job in their in their life that the customer more often than not is wrong. Mm-hmm. They're very infrequently right, and I don't know. Like I like I think it also falls into that weird sense of ownership over IPs that like ultimately don't belong to you and all that stuff. So like I just I just think I think the the level of anger that you that you see from people online is like this is too much. Like it that's too much to be that upset. I completely get being disappointed in something. I really do. I'm disappointed by a lot of things. Um, but <laughs> like I yeah, I just I, I I don't I don't understand it. I never have. I don't think I ever will. Yeah, I are, maybe we're just too depressed, teach. <laughs> maybe maybe it's depression. <laughs> when I think about it, when I think maybe it's depression cuz maybe it's mental illness. Like, 
I, I get <laughs> I get excited as far as just like, ooh, there's gonna be new stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, for me, I'm always like, it'd be cool if there's some Metroid. But mm-hmm. like when there isn't Metroid, I don't make a fifteen minute YouTube video about like worst Nintendo Direct ever. Yeah. Which if you go on YouTube and type in Nintendo Direct, you'll be amazed at how many just like this gaming channel YouTube uh, things there are of just like why today's Nintendo Direct was the worst Nintendo Direct ever in the history yeah. of Nintendo. Is like, Nintendo dead? Question mark. Yeah, are like, they done? Yeah, like and I'm like another. They're, they're fine. Who won E3? And I'm like, can we can we move past this? No, Please. we can't. Teach them. Appa- so, yeah, apparently, maybe that's it. apparently not. Ugh. Maybe that's it. Maybe we're too depressed to care about any more. Maybe maybe it's depression. Maybe it's mental illness. I don't know, man, but I just, I just, maybe it's because we're old. I don't know. But like, yeah. it, I don't know. I, maybe if I were I'm 22, like, I'd be mad, but I don't know. I don't even know what a bug snacks is, but I like this song. That's how I feel mm. about gaming. Yeah. It's, wasn't it a Carol Carol Bonito that did? <laughs> yes, it is Carol Carol Bonito. Perfect. Yeah. That yeah, makes me I'm happy. Like, that game looks weird as shit, but like that song was cool. I don't even know if I'll play it, but I'm just I don't like. I play it. I like I like yeah, I like what games are. <laughs> yeah, I, you know what? A game. I like is, that this is video games now. Is, is a thing you can turn on and press buttons and things happen. Mm-hmm. I like those. Yeah, I like those things that happen. In those you just games. made me like this is like when I do my taxes online. I'm like that's a game. <laughs> that's a depressing game. Like yeah, like TurboTax is, a, is like a really boring like a choose your own adventure. If you want to talk about the like uh, harsh adult depressing reality of last of us mm-mm, TurboTax. <laughs> TurboTax is. um we Truly. are not sponsored by TurboTax. just letting you guys know no Promise. they're a terrible not, company it's a, yeah, they're a, a terrible company. company they lobby they lobby to make it so people can't properly uh so that people can't easily do their taxes for free the entire like tax company lobby is terrible you can do all that shit for free if you want to yeah. um but i still use it sometimes um <laughs> But yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. It's just you know Neil Neil Druckmann can tell me all he wants about how how realistic and how bad Last of Us is supposed to make me feel, but it'll never make me feel as bad as TurboTax. <laughs> it's true, truly the most adult game there is. I don't know what's more depressing, uh, the Last of Us Part Two, or doing your taxes on TurboTax and realizing that you owe money for the year. Yeah, yeah, that's like the bad ending. Yeah. Like you made some decisions, and you, and you don't get to, and you don't get to go back and do it again to get the good ending. And like, you have it's to too late. You, <laughs> it's you have too to late. Play that game every year, right? Can you imagine it, a game that you really didn't let and did not like playing? You have to play it every year. You have to go back. You have to do it. Oh God, it's it's rough. Yeah, um, that's how I feel about Trials of Mana for the Switch. Oh I, no, is it bad? I, it, it it is just not grabbing me in the way that I thought that it would because you know I love an action RPG I really do I like a cute anime aesthetic you know I love that dumb shit but it is just like I don't know man like it's kind of like what we were talking about on the last episode we were talking about Final Fantasy 7 Remake like that I was like just able to like enjoy something with like like not this w- lens of cynicism or criticism or whatever like at every moment i was playing Charles of mana i'm like why does it do this why does it look like this why did they not do this <laughs> like I, and, I, and i couldn't find myself to stop doing that and i kind of like bounced off of it so and that mm-hmm. makes me sad because like i think the art's cute 
Um, and the combat's fine, but like, I don't know, like all the characters are just so stiff. Like the character models are just, or they're really beautiful models, but like, don't move them. Mm. Like, don't animate them because it's all that weird clipping of hair and like very expressionless characters, really beautiful anime faces, but no emo- emoting at all. It's I'll weird. go on Pixiv for that. Right, I can I can get all of that for free on Pixiv. I don't have to pay for that. Go right for that. <laughs> you are absolutely right. Well, I'm sorry, um, sorry to hear that, DJ. No, it's okay. It's okay. You know, sometimes you get a game that you're hopeful for, and it's not good, and it's okay. So game that i think sounds like you're enjoying you're playing p5 royal now i don't I sure think am. i can i don't think i can um i loved persona 5 but it was also like 120 hours i don't I, think that i can make myself play another 120 hours of of a lot of a lot of the same game from what mm-hmm. i understand um, um what is it because you, you played p5 what is yep. it about royal that is making you uh that is is pushing you through playing this game again so um just Full disclosure, I'm I'm 120 hours into the game right now, and um, I'm not done. <laughs> no, um, I'm I'm still not uh-huh. done with the part of the with the part of the game that is the majority of the same stuff from the base game. Because they added um, like a couple months to. Yeah, there's another. There's a whole other semester where you're, that's where the new character um, uh, Kasumi Yoshizawa um, is actually part of your party. That's where she. So comes she's in. around. Right oh now. yeah, like she's, she she's directly woven into the plot of the game from the okay. beginning. It wasn't just like her added on at the end. Um, okay. What I like so much about Royal, like I I love Persona Five. Like if you followed me on Twitter for any amount of time, you've probably seen me tweet a lot about Persona Five at least once. And if you were on the internet a couple months ago, you saw that I was the target of harassment for having an opinion about Persona Five on the internet, <laughs> um, and uh, an opinion that was like thank you for removing the homophobia from your game. And people were like, you are pro-censorship. And I'm like, I, I don't know how you got to that conclusion from that, but okay. Um, anyway. Um, I don't know how many times we have to talk about the difference. I know for our listeners, yeah, they know, yeah. but just the difference between censorship and then a, a choice that a company decides to make. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, because I got a job at the place that I have a job at, um, they were like, oh, like you want to ruin all anime titties, so you need to not have a job there. Um, so that was fun. Um, well, I, know I, know that uh, I know that your job description is king of anime. So oh, right. I, yeah, my, yeah, my job title is literally king of anime titties. Like, that, <laughs> that's literally my job. My job is to Which, inspect every panel of every manga that has an anime titty on it and erase it and yeah. make it go away. Um, but, but honestly, but in all... <laughs> Not allowed. Yeah, but in all seriousness... Um, with Persona 5 Royal, um, it's if you played Persona 4 Golden, it's very much that that same kind of vibe where it's like it's all the same stuff from the game, but there's mm-hmm. a lot of stuff that's been retooled that's made a little bit more um, user friendly, or they retooled like portions of the game to make it more enjoyable. So, um, just from the get go, um, uh, Kasumi Yoshizawa is introduced from the get-go of the game. Like, she's added in cutscenes, and there's new cutscenes to include her, and and all of that stuff from the beginning of the game. So, like, when the when the beginning of the game starts, um, spoiler alert if you haven't played Persona 5, um, we did a whole Persona 5 spoiler cast years ago of the base game, but, um, so if you haven't played Persona 5 at all, or are going to and don't want to be spoiled, um, we'll timestamp this, and I'll tell you when to skip until in the description, but... Um, so three, two, one, spoilers. Um, so Kasumi Yoshizawa is introduced in the beginning of the game because basically where the beginning of the game starts is when you are finishing, um, Sai Nijima's palace. 
So mm-hmm. when you are when you are escaping Sai Nijima's palace, um, in the in the base game, I forgot what character appears there, but mm-hmm. or if a character appears at all, but it's Kasumi that appears there to help you in battle. She's like, I you know you know I'm not part of the Phantom Thieves right now, but I didn't want to you know I I just had to help you guys. So good luck, and then she goes away, um, and then the game opens, and so she's interwoven into the plot from the offset. And so Kasumi's role, she is a first year at Shujin Academy. She is a gymnast and she is a class representative, a class representative or an honor student at Shujin Academy of the first years. So her arc right now, as far as, as far as where I'm, I'm at in the game was Kasumi is taking part in, in a gymnastics uh, competitions and hasn't placed very well. Like she's placed like top three, but, None of them she's won. And so the school is pressuring her to perform better. And if she doesn't, she's going to lose her privileges as an honor student. And mm. she doesn't want to lose that. And so that's kind of where I'm at plot-wise with her. But she's, again, interwoven into the plot in different days and all that stuff. So some of the moment-to-moment day-to-day stuff is retooled to kind of think of her as part of the, the plot of the game. Which is really cool. Um, what they also have done, all the palaces have, have new areas in them. So mm-hmm. in every palace, there are these collectible items called will seeds. And these will seeds, you collect three in each palace. And they um, you once you have collected all three, you then take the collected versions of, those, of the will seeds. And when you go to Mementos, there's this cute little character, this little robot boy named Jose, that will appear in every couple of floors in Mementos because it's procedurally generated. Um, every floor of Mementos. So anytime you go back and forth to Mementos, while the floors stay the same, however many floors there are in Mementos, the design of each floor is going to be different every time you go back. Mm-hmm. And on in each section of Mementos, Jose is going to randomly appear on one of those floors. Mm-hmm. And when you go to see him, he gives you... Um, he can g- create items out of the will seeds that you get from each palace. So they, they're different, like, armor pieces, the armor um, items that you can equip that help you in battle. And um, the other big thing that changed a lot in uh, in Persona 5 Royal versus uh, the, the base game was, is Mementos. So mm-hmm. Mementos, this time around, um, they, they kind of really overhauled Mementos. Like, the designs of every section of Mementos, like, looks, looks way more different now. And yeah, it was much the same as the time in the old one. Yeah, and has and it has way more unique designs of each section of mm. Mementos, and the songs, uh, the remix of the songs are different every time that you're in Mementos, um, depending mm. on which floor you're in. It's really cool how every every floor of Mementos you go into, it's like they iterate on the same on the same like song for Mementos, but it's like a different arrangement, which is really cool. But in in each floor of Mementos, when you can go, you can uh, collect these things that there are flowers that are all over mementos and the flowers you take to Jose. And there are also stamps on each floor of mementos. So like more collectibles, but the, the stamps serve a purpose in mementos because you can kind of quote unquote, change the cognition of mementos. So if you've played persona five, mementos is the cogn is, is the cognitive world that's based of all of the people of Japan. Mm-hmm. Like that, that manifests into this weird, uh, endless dungeon of sorts. I mean, Mementos does have a core, and that's part of the end game. 
but you keep traveling down and down the Tibimentos the further you progress in the game. And when you collect these flowers, you can use them to adjust flowers. At, you use the flowers to get more items. And the mm-hmm. items are like things that you can't necessarily get like in the item shops or they're rare item drops. But the the stamps, what they do, it can change the cognition of mementos, which basically means you can put more stars into, oh, I want additional XP gained when I'm in mementos, or I want more money for every mm. battle that I have in mementos, or I want more items, want better quality items from uh, winning each battle. And you can adjust that and re-roll it however many times you want to. It takes like 150 flowers to re-roll, but you get flowers so quickly in that game. I think one one flower icon that you run into is equal to maybe five to ten flowers at a time. So it's not like it's it's not like a one to one thing, which is nice. So there's more of a reason to go to Mementos, and it's a better, it's a much easier grind. Like grind if you want to like level grind in Mementos. It makes it yeah, yeah. way less of a slog to get your characters leveled up to wherever you want them to be. And I don't remember if um, the palace alarm system was in the base game. I can't remember. It's been so long. But basically basically what happens now, too, is if you win so many consecutive battles in a row, um, it sets off an alarm in the Velvet Room. And what that does, it basically um, means that, like, the the Persona Fusions are going to go crazy, so, mm-hmm. in a positive way, mostly. So, when you go in and you're in doing an alarm fusion, what happens is the persona that you fuse the first time is, like, powered up more than normal and will maybe get a different enhanced version of an ability that they already have. So, mm-hmm. if they have, like, um, a medium a medium strength fire skill, it might change to a different type of fire skill instead or it might change to a completely different skill altogether it's kind of randomized but you can Mm -hmm. opt in or opt out to let them change or to leave those things the same so mostly they're there to help you which is great um and that makes your personas a little bit stronger and then it's a and then it says oh you can fuse again and if you fuse your current persona that you just fused it has more energy that can make something even better but there's a possibility that you just might get something completely different so, but also, but that's also not necessarily a bad thing because you could get a persona that you might already have, but it has a wildly different like set of skills that might actually be better for that persona, which is really cool. So like, there's a lot more fusion stuff that you can do. Um, they retooled some of the uh, some of the character confidants so that like some of them don't require you to have a matching persona to really like get all the benefits of that confidant ranking mm-hmm. and they've added whole new like areas to travel to in, in this like fictional Japan. Um, yeah. one, one place that they added is a Jean Bocho. So they added that area and in that area, it's like a big like shopping plaza or whatever. And there's, um, there's, um, a darts and billiards mini game, which the darts mini game is fantastic. The darts mm-hmm. in that in persona five are really, really fun. And what the darts game does, you can invite one of your party members to come with you and eventually, like, uh, what happens is uh, you can pick one person that you want to play with specifically, and then you'll get two other party members to come with you. And what the darts minigame does is that it boosts your um, your uh, baton pass. So mm-hmm. your baton pass for each character has three ranks. So if you get to, um, so if you do well enough in the in the darts game, you can max out your character's baton pass ranking in w- in one go. 
which is great. Oh, wow. So, basically, when you have Baton Pass level 3, it boosts boosts your attack and defense, but also you regain HP and SP every time you pass a Baton to another character. And then when you pass the Baton to everybody on your current, like, party team, everybody then gets another perk, like, another enhancement perk. Mm -hmm. Um, And something that we talked about in our initial... um, breakdown spoiler castle persona 5 was something that both of us think there was a missed opportunity there was for when all of the characters the player characters that you have in your party experience being part of a palace storyline there was never there was never space for them to kind of unpack those emotions and feelings of what happened but there's a whole new confidant in the game that is the school counselor Uh and he's very cute. I think he has a really cute character design. His name is he's uh it's uh, Dr. Maruki. And basically um he's a temper he's a temporary hire because basically the once the once the first palace happens, that's when he comes to the school and mm-hmm. he's like, "Yeah, like after the incident the incident that happened here at the school, I wanted to check on the on the mental health and well-being of all the students, so we're going to... Yeah, after this creepy-ass teacher was here, maybe maybe a good idea. Yeah, um, yeah, uh, yeah, doc, uh, yeah, Professor... Ka- uh, professor, but uh, Kawakami's persona uh, confidant arc, I still really hate. Um, mm-hmm. Which is, like, the weird thing, because it's like, oh, it's your teacher, and she's a maid, and she's giving you massages, it's weird. Um, but um, Dr. Maruki's whole thing is... Um, most of it is is tied to story progression, but what's cool is that, like, I think the big thing that we said was after the situation with On, and then yes, you, there's yeah. a whole bit where, where like, On is like, oh, you need to pose nude for, for Yusuke so that we can get closer to um, to Madarame so that we can get into his palace. Um, that moment is still there, but before it even gets to that point, after the palace situation, it's like a, it's like a required story thing. It's not like an optional thing. So it happens... Um, in the story for pretty much every character, every player character, um, the char- the student that has had their their p- persona awakening will have a therapy session with with Maruki, and mm. they'll kind of talk about their emotions and their feelings about what's going on and everything. So it's good that they added a part of the game so that these characters could kind of like talk through and reconcile the trauma that's happened to them. Mm-hmm. So that there is some sort of resolution to it. So I think that's yeah. great that they added that because I think that was something that was really lacking from the first game to kind of like push forward the character narratives. I think. Yeah, I think that's the thing that like I think a lot of. Um, I mean, it's, uh, this feels like too much of a blanket statement, but I do feel like a lot of anime-ish storytelling, especially in games um, that are in that genre as well, do that where it's you know a a, a, a traumatic thing happens and yeah. uh, char- you know the character on the next page or the next moment, it's like mm-hmm. nothing happened to them. Um, So that's good. I'm glad that they added that in there. Yeah. Um, It sounds like the bulk of narrative stuff, though, is still like, like lots of like quality of life improvements, lots of little changes. Yeah. But it sounds like the narrative bulk of stuff is like what you're about to get to. Yeah. There's a whole other semester. Yeah. Like the new narrative stuff, I'm I'm about to start hitting that once Mm -hmm. I finish um, Shido's Palace. Um, So... I'm glad. So this time around, I'm playing the game with a hundred percent guide. I've kind of fucked up on a couple steps on the guide, but I'm playing to it as close as I possibly can. And I'm glad that I experienced Persona Five as like a dry run the first time that I played it without using a guide. So I kind of knew what to go, what to expect going into this game th- this time. But playing with the guide, I feel like I'm getting so much more out of it because I'm hitting all of these other great story elements that I didn't really get a chance to hit because I I didn't know how I didn't. 
manage and schedule my time out as well as I had hoped. So um, at this, by the last palace, before even I got to Shido's palace, all of my player characters were, had their second, most of them all had their second forms of their personas. Mm -hmm. And I had all of my social stats maxed out. So like charm, knowledge, proficiency, all that stuff was maxed out by but way, way, way um, earlier in the game than I did in my initial run of it. So I've been having a lot of fun with this the, with this game, even more than I had the first time. Because there mm. was, I think there was enough time away, because I still know, know all the major story beats of Persona 5 very well, but like there was enough time between when, when that game originally came out versus now that I feel like a lot of stuff feels new to me. And there is a lot that's new in there. And it's it's really fun. Like I... I'm having a blast with it, playing it again. Um, I'm probably going to look at closer to 150 hours <laughs> for the game um, because I haven't even gotten to the third semester yet, which is where all the new stuff is. But, um, but yeah, it's it's been really fun. I If you haven't played Persona 5 yet, don't buy vanilla, just play Royal. Like, don't. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just a better experience. I mean, that's sort of how I tend to feel whenever a Persona game comes out. I'm just yeah. like, I probably should just wait until like golden or royal or whatever because they they always do it and i don't see why they wouldn't unless they came out with a persona where like the sales were just awful um but it's a big enough series now where i feel like it's just gonna happen each time so oh yeah you know if you're if you're down to wait for two three years Mm -hmm. or so you're gonna get like the better version basically right right Um, or or if you're a crazy person like me that wants to play through the same game again like then which will a there lot of people do. Because I, I, I really wanted to play Persona 5 all the way through again um, my, on a new Game Plus file again before Royal was even announced. But I'm glad that I never got around to it because now I have Royal to play. And it's been it's been really, really fun. I've been having a good time with it. I really so rarely play replay games unless they're games that are like old games that you can beat yeah. in a couple hours. Yeah. Um, which I need to. I've been really kind of hankering to play near again mm-hmm. near automata again mm-hmm. so maybe i'll go back and play that soon i need to do um, the other routes i still have only done route a so i need to that, do the rest of them that you haven't even played the game <laughs> that's yeah. that's what i always tell people i'm like if you've just beaten route a that's like like i, I enjoyed the game through route a but it yeah. wasn't that game to me doesn't become like what it is until you play through uh, the the first couple routes, right. um, and then you're like oh that's what this game is and it just it, it goes from like a really good game to a game that's for me one of my favorite ever. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. Uh, what else are you playing? Um, I'm also playing uh, Clubhouse Games, um, the 51 Worldwide Classics on Switch. Um, I need to get that so we can play. It is very good. It it is very 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 good. Um, all those games are really fun. It's got a great presentation. It's really cute and it's sleek and it's very minimal and it just does everything that it wants to do very, very well and very expertly. Um, me and um, Daniel, my writer for Black Mage, uh, would play Moncala on that game mm-hmm. online for hours and just have like a really good time. We just get on Discord chat and like and just like play Moncala. And then they have just Uno on off. it, but the Uno is called Last Card because Uno is a copyrighted name. So Last Card is the Uno of uh, of, cl- of 51 Clubhouse, uh, Clubhouse worldwide classics whatever clubhouse games Mm -hmm. and um it's really fun like it's just really really fun um that game because it's not like something that requires you to like do super precise inputs or anything crazy has the most stable online for like a nintendo switch game that i've played 
<laughs> so it's like really it's really nice to play that game and just get on like a group call on discord and play with people it's really fun i'm gonna be curious because i have the networking stuff in my condo has made it so playing switch games specifically because nintendo's online is hosted weird yeah um has made that difficult so i'm curious if i'll have problems playing clubhouse with you i have a workaround if, I, if it does but mm-hmm. we'll see um but i've i'm more interested in the i'm more interested to play it um, almost because I've heard that the tutorials are really, really good. They're really solid. And yeah. there are, there's games on there. Like, I don't remember, like, I kind of remember Moncala when I was a kid, but mm-hmm. I haven't played it in so long that like doing a tutorial for Moncala would be great or things that I haven't played ever, um, or have a very like limited knowledge like Mahjong mm-hmm. or, um, Hanafuda cards, yeah. like stuff that I'm interested in, yeah. but I don't know how to play. Um, just seems like it'd be it's a great like entry point for stuff that you don't quite know but you're interested in. Yeah, the the Hanafuda instructions are okay. They're not they're not the best. It can be a little confusing, but it's really fun and the game has guides to kind of help you along the way too if you're confused. So it's really it's really good. It's really, really good. I've I've been enjoying it a lot. Mm-hmm. And no. besides that, I've been playing a uh, Ninja Law, which is uh Gung Ho Games is kind of like free to play response to splatoon which mm-hmm. is really it's really really cute and it's really fun for a game that is free to play i was very surprised that i liked it as much as i did um i don't know what it is about other games that have, that have been free to play and haven't really enjoyed them very much um th- does the game ha- does the game like have like tons of cosmetics you can pay for and microtransactions that you can pay for absolutely because that's how they make money but like you don't, it's not necessary to play the core game. Um, it differs from Splatoon because it's not team based, but it's like it's eight players, it's free for all, and you are these cute little customizable ninja kids, and you pick from like three different weapon types. There's like a sword type, a yo-yo type weapon, a hammer, and um, what else? And like a like a drill, like a drill sword thing, and you basically are out to you know. Uh, get as many points as possible by either defeating your opponents or um, or hitting and gaining points from these like little um, d- like drones that are all scattered around the map. Um, it's really fun. It's got a really cool presentation. Um, there is a YouTube video for for the Ninjala channel that is like a breakdown of like the lore behind Ninjala, and mm-hmm. I'm like, this needs a Netflix tie-in series. It would be so good. And, like, the art's really cute and really fun. It's got this, like, anime aesthetic, but also still feels feels and looks kind of like... Um, I don't want to say Pixar, but I feel like it feels... It's, like, a really great combination of, like, Japanese stuff, but, like, with, but with, like, a Western sensibility to kind of cater to more of a Western audience as well. Um, really great animation. Really, really pe- uh, beautiful stuff in, that, in those videos. Um... But yeah, it's cool. I, I really like it a lot. I haven't played much of it recently because I've been working so much and playing Persona. But uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's it's a fun little game to pick up and play on Switch. And last but not least, I've kind of gone back to Animal Crossing. Um, I was on a Zoom call for a friend's birthday, and it ended up turning into an Animal Crossing party. And mm-hmm. we went to each other's islands and everything, and I got really excited about Animal Crossing again. So I've started like redesigning my entire island. <laughs> so that's what I'm doing right now. <laughs> yeah, I haven't played in so long that I'm. I feel like I'm. I'm gonna have to um, time travel before I start it up back to like around when I stopped playing it because right. otherwise, I just like 
I can't. I don't want to go back to my my island, and it's been months. Oh just, yeah. I'm just I'm just worried about like the carnage, about the weeds, about everything. So I'm just like I don't know. I'm, there, I'm scared too. There were weeds everywhere on my island, and when I went to go talk to Judy, she was like, "Wow, DJ, I haven't seen you in two months. It's like you were ignoring me or something." And I'm like, "Judy, I would never." Judy, there's a pandemic going hey, on. Judy, please. we're in a global pandemic. <laughs> like I'd, I've been busy, sis. I've been sheltering in place. Have been able to come to the island. Sorry, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's all that's been on my on on a on my deck for games. But uh, what about you? Mm-hmm. Um, I've I've fell back into the destiny hole, which is Uh-oh. I like. Oh boy, yeah. I successfully I successfully didn't play it for like six months, where I was just like, you know what? I don't. It takes up a lot of my time, mm-hmm. and I love it. But it's an MMO, a hundred percent. Yeah. Um, and then uh, they, uh, I just, I, I paid attention to some Destiny news about like the, <laughs> the next season yeah. and what's happening in the current season. Mm-hmm. And there is a, there is a Steam sale to get me like basically caught up um, to like all the current content. So I was just like, well, let me just dip my toes in. Yeah. And now I'm just, you're just, you're just, just back in, just back. It's just such, it's such a good game. It's a good game, like. It's a really good game. Like I, you know, I mean, you know, like I, I'm not a space shoot man kind of person, but mm-hmm. I, I have much respect for Destiny and what that game does. And and when you are playing with a squad of people, that game really sings. So it's cool. yeah. And I, I haven't. I need to find. I need to get a good squad. Yeah. Um. And like find time to play with to do some of the bigger things. Like there's yeah. certain missions that you really are you really can't solo. And then there's certainly raids which you absolutely can't solo. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's just the lore is good. The the one of the things it's it's a it's really weird to say it. Yeah. Um, I know that Rare is making the new Metroid Four. Um, I Rare is making Metro, the Metroid game. Not Rare. Sorry, Retro. Retro, retro is yeah. my bad. Who did Prime? Yeah. Previously, yeah, yeah. right. Sorry. So I know Retro is working on um, Metroid Four stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I would. I would actually be really curious. I wouldn't want it to be like Destiny. I wouldn't want it to be an always online thing. Yeah. But I feel like Bungie would make such a good Metroid game. Oh, yeah. Because their ability to, to create like alien worlds and alien landscapes mm-hmm. is so good. Like there's there's so many moments in Destiny where it's like you're going through a cave on the moon or you're doing this and that. Like Destiny loves to do this thing where it's like here you are in a corridor, which is like normal for shooty games. Right. But that corridor is going to open up and you're going to have like the dopest coolest skybox oh, like yeah, destiny has yeah. the best skyboxes mm-hmm. um where it's just truly like truly alien really cool looking shit mm-hmm. or just like little things in the environment sometimes where it's like oh this one part of this this planet or this room in this one place just has like so much environmental storytelling going on mm-hmm. um and it's really unique versus just it looks like you know someone made another cave um all of that just makes destiny feel so good. And when I run around that world or those worlds, um, as a guardian, like it's for me, it's so easy to just slot, like mm-hmm. doing that as Samus would be, would that, be so good. That would be really um, cool. I think, yeah, I agree. I think they would, they would really, really, really do justice by 
a Metroid game. I think they could really do something really amazing with that IP. Um, and the guns feel good. Yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah. That, that's like always, the, Destiny's guns just feel really good. Yeah, like, feel I, really good. I, like I loved my character when I was playing in Destiny. Like I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. this feels good. Like this feels really good to play. I feel like the even like the melee the, the melee attacks still feel really satisfying. Like yes, all of it all around is just like super super satisfying. So like I. I totally get the hype and understand the the love for that game, and I'm glad that it's that it's continuing to thrive and has a great community and and all that stuff. It's really cool. And I don't know if you ever got into like the like higher or like the more end game parts of that game where it's like mm-hmm. when you're doing raids and stuff, mm-hmm. because to me that's when like the rest of the game's fine. Yeah. But like raids when you're doing things where you have to coordinate with each other right. and you're having to like truly work as a team to mm-hmm. get something done, um, where it's like. These people are you're doing these things in order with these people yeah. and timing's important. Yeah. Or you're solving puzzles together is when that game feels really, really good. Yeah. Um, so I'm back, I'm back on that bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um I've been playing a lot of Monopoly on Switch <laughs> with my partner. Yes. It runs that. it's it runs like dog shit. It runs so <laughs> like that's not a game where there's a lot going on graphically. Yeah. I think they just ported like whatever the PC version or something of it. Mm-hmm. And didn't optimize it at all. And just didn't opt. Like it just, yeah. It, Cause like if you're playing it just on switch, you don't realize you're just like, Oh, this game just runs at like, I don't know, like 20 frames per sec. Like for most of the time mm. it's like 30, 30, like into 20, like lots of slowdown. Yikes. Um, and then if you see the PC version, it's like the PC version is running at like 60 locked. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks good. Like things don't take forever to happen. Yeah. Like player turns for some reason on the Switch version, they they think for a long time before mm-hmm. doing stuff. <laughs> um, it's just it's so weird, but it's so fun. Like Monopoly is not even like that fun of a game, yeah. but there is something fun about playing it on Switch. Um, yeah. So we, we we were we've been playing that, and then like Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy. Jeopardy's not. I think Jeopardy's not very good because yeah. it's they made it multiple choice. Which I think is like goes against like yeah. doesn't make any sense to me. That doesn't make which I understand that yeah. makes it easier, so you're not having to type in like big old everything all the time. Oh yeah, but I'm just like unless you're gonna make it much harder in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. multiple choice, whatever. Um, and then Wheel of Fortune's Wheel of, like they're dumb. They're like it all of th- all three of them. Monopoly is the most fucking baked. Uh, Wheel of Fortune just is rough. Um, <laughs> but they're just like. They're just fun and easy to play. Yeah, and it's just a good like a good way to like drink and trash talk each other, uh, each other, and hang out. Like, yeah, I, I love that. Um, so we've been playing like uh, Mario Party. We've been playing a lot of as well. The one on Switch, um, Super Mario Party. Yeah, it's a good Mario Party. It's okay. Super Mario Party is a, is a solid. Oh, okay. Mar- no, well, no, no, no. I, I agree. Super Mario Party is a solid Mario Party game. It. Feels a little hollow to me, like in terms of personality, mm-hmm. which oh, sure, which totally. is which is crazy to say that a Mario game doesn't have any personality. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish um, I think it was Camelot that previously uh, made all of the all of the Mario Party games that were on the N sixty four and GameCube, and those games were like teeming with personality and and all that stuff all the way through. Um, I honestly wish they would just, like, go back in terms of, like, character, like, where all the Mario characters, like, would dress up in different costumes, like a Mario Party mm-hmm. 2, which I think is the best game. I think it's still the best one. And I think they need to that. give it, they need to give it to, like, uh, I, I haven't played it yet, but I know 
like I've seen enough of it of people posting about it and also just like uh, the Mario um the Mario uh, RPG Paper Mario games. Oh, the Paper Mario games, yeah, yeah. The Paper Mario games have so much personality, yeah. and they have such good re- writing, especially comedic writing. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's what Mario Party needs. It does. It yeah. I think if Mario Party had that kind, that level of like puns and sense of humor and like mm-hmm. tongue in the cheek situations, it would be even better. But yeah, like it's a beautiful game. Like that, the, the Mario Party game is running on I think like Nintendo's proprietary engine that they use for Super Mario 3D World. Mm-hmm. So like the, it looks the, good. the character models look really really good. It's really really pretty. Um, yeah, I just wish it had a little bit more personality. But I think it's really fun. The- yeah, I'll agree with that. It does feel a little sterile, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I played some of uh, Hyperscape, which is that Ubisoft uh, battle royale game, which is fine. Yeah, I was gonna say, how is it? Like, it looks nice. So it's, I think that like they're doing lots of interesting stuff. Yeah. Uh, I think it has like one of the things that sets it apart from um, other battle royale games. Cause like one of, the, one of the biggest problems is like, hey, you're in a team of three people. Yep. And if you die, you just sit there and watch your team do stuff yeah. until they die. That's That's been kind of the model since like PUBG. Yep. Um, and games have like done different iterations on fixing that. Apex Legends. Um, someone can like get your banner and then they can take it to res stations and then bring you back in the game at any point during the match, uh, which is great. Uh, the way hyperscape does that, uh, which I think this is really smart. If you die, um, you basically turn into like a ghost on the field. Mm-hmm. So you can't hurt anyone. You can't shoot anything, but you can run around and scout for your team. Yeah. So you actually, you, you serve a tactical purpose all of a sudden where now you're just like, basically in stealth mode every time an enemy on the battlefield is killed that is technically a respawn point so if you can uh if if there's a a enemy teams uh somewhere where one of their team members has died on the field there'll be like a yellow i think it is respawn point you can run there with your ghost body and if one of your live team member teammates who's still alive runs Mm -hmm. to it they can res you there and like resing takes i don't know like five six seconds like it's it's a thing to make you vulnerable while you're doing it Mm -hmm. so and i don't think there's a limit to that so what's nice is that those are things that i think that are cool about it like if you die it's not too hard to get back into the game and if you die you actually serve a really important tactical purpose of being able to like call stuff out look for bad guys let your teammates know where things are happening where they are yeah um it's really, really, really fast if you make it fast. It's funny, watching me playing it, like, I, I was watching Dr. Lupo um, on Twitch play it for a bit, which, like, the speed that him and his team play at is crazy because you can slide in that game. Yeah. So if you're constantly, like, jump sliding everywhere, and it's, like, lots of, like, vertical, too. Like, yeah. you're playing in a cityscape. So you either are, you have a, there's a teleport thing that lets you, you can teleport directly up in the air. Mm -hmm. There are like jump pads. There's also just things that like get you, get you airborne a lot if you want to be. But that does require you like being good at movement in that game. And if you're not good at movement in that game, you, it feels like a normal battle royale. If you're really good at movement in that game though, you are, it, it feels completely different. Yeah. So I think that's to me the difference is like, if you are, gonna take the time to get good at movement in that game it's going to feel very different from everything else out there and it's gonna look that way if you don't it's just gonna kind of feel like most of the battle royale games out there so it's it's fine it's just like it's a super crowded market that i think like you know PUBG is doing fine yeah i guess i haven't checked into it for a long time mm-hmm. but like apex legends is really good 
and feels really good and and feels better than this game yeah um, because it's it's the titanfall engine which titanfall 2 is one of the best like playing shooters out there yes and like fortnite and they're just it, it never seems most of these genres it always seems like there's only room for really two big games mm-hmm. like you have uh league of legends and Dota. Yeah. And then you have like Heroes of the Storm, but no one's really like people aren't playing at the same level. Mm-hmm. And right now it's like you have Fortnite and Apex, and I don't know if people are playing PUBG as much or anything else. So I just think it's like it's rough to try to come out with another battle royale right now. Yeah, like I feel like people are trying to capture that lightning in a bottle of the kind of like sensation that PUBG and Fortnite were, but it feels like a little too derivative. Oh, that's like, oh, this is just a Fortnite clone or this is just a PUBG clone. So, like, it's hard, right? To, like, mm-hmm. it's like, how, like, what is the point of parody between this title and and PUBG or or Fortnite? Like, what is it really that's going to set it apart from, that, from those other games? And there's one that's coming out soon that's called, like, Spellcasters or something like that. To mm-hmm. where it's like a Battle Royale format, but it's all magic-based. So okay. like that looks really cool, but it's like, oh, this is just this is just Fortnite, but with magic instead of like building and, and guns. So and I'm like, oh, oh well, this I have might a uh, spell break. Spell break. I haven't yeah. seen this at all, actually. Yeah, and I'm like, huh. oh, like this like looks more interesting to me because I'm like, oh, I like magic and all that stuff. And that's pretty cool art. It kind of feels like they it's like, oh, we really like Breath of the Wild. And it does look like Breath of the Wild for sure. And we also want to make a game like Fortnite. So let's combine the two and make spellcasters. I mean, like, I'm looking at screenshots, and it's like, yeah, it looks like Breath of the Wild, but, like, but that, that's enough. Like, for me, it's like, oh, cool, it's a magic casting version of this. Yeah. It looks like it's, it's third person. It looks like mm-hmm. that's at least interesting enough for me to check it out. Like, I think the part of why I think Valorant has gotten so much attention is because there hasn't been... We haven't been getting Counter-Strike-style games for a long time. Counter-Strike's just been around. Rainbow Six Siege is kind of in a similar place, Mm -hmm. which it took them really, really investing in that game for years before it really found its fan base. And Valorant's doing well because I think it was filling a void there. It's just, it's. I think you really have to bring something truly unique to these spaces for people to be successful Mm -hmm. um and i just don't playing hyperscape just didn't to me just didn't feel like it it does it has some really cool ideas that i'd like to see other games adopt but i just wasn't blown away yeah let's see what else we got going on um let's see some look at stuff i'm watching uh there's new anime season it's light because Mm -hmm. of of the pandemic so basically like lots of things that were supposed to be last season that got pushed pushed. to this season yeah um, so you have a couple of those things, but otherwise, like the season's pretty light so far. Decadence is the thing I've watched. It's on Funimation, yep. which unfortunately I know like a lot of people tend to have like Netflix and maybe Hulu mm-hmm. and maybe Crunchyroll, yeah. but like not a lot of people have Funimation. Yeah. So Decadence is it's on Hulu as well because I think Hulu has that deal with uh, Funimation yeah. where Hulu gets some of their stuff. So Decadence is um, there's a massive, massive, massive twist in episode two. So I'm not going to talk too much about what's going on it is from i think the director who directed mob psycho Mm -hmm. which is great it's an anime original um and i think it's the first anime original by this studio which the studio's name is nut i'm just gonna (laughs) yeah nut i'll just leave it out there studio nut so uh it's i really like it the it has sort of a post-apocalyptic story feel it's people fighting alien bugs doesn't seem that different but the main character is a really expressive, super disaster gay, mm-hmm. 100%, yeah. <laughs> a girl named Natsumi. And then 
she is a uh, she wants to become like a soldier yeah. more or less. She wants to become one of the people that fights the bugs, but she is uh, given the task of being one of like the repair people yep. on this giant giant mobile mech that everyone kind of lives on in this world, right? Um, and so it's kind of about that is that she wants to not be what she's assigned to be and in figuring out how to become a soldier the uh, her boss who is someone who used to be a soldier but is now also just a repair person yeah. is mega daddy um he's yes. very very cute mega daddy so cute mm-hmm. um and i like the setup of their relationship i really like the animations really really nice uh, lots of like great facial expressions, really, really expressive. And then episode two, completely like usually a series, if it was, you know, 13 episodes, maybe like episode seven or eight would be like, yeah. oh, shit, wait, what? What's going on? This show just said like episode two. Nah, like everything that you just saw in this first episode, we're going to basically throw that out and start a new anime. Yeah, it made me so much more interested in it because it is so much weirder of a story than it already seemed like it was going to be. Yes. So give it give it that first episode look and enjoy it, but also be okay to say like not goodbye, just understand that like it's gonna be a very different thing from what <laughs> from what you're expecting. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, de- decadence, uh, check it out on Funimation. Rent a girlfriend, which is on VRV Crunchyroll. Mm-hmm. I watched the first episode. I don't know what to make of it yet. Basically, it's the main character. I think it's a harem, and the main character has been has like big incel energy, Ooh, which yes. I'm not here for. Yeah. But it's about it's a dude. I think college aged dude who his girlfriend dumps him. He wants companionship, so he like hires a rent a girlfriend, and then he like gets kind of attached, and then realizes like like oh it's like this isn't a real thing and like through a bunch of sort of hijinks ends up in a position where his family meets his renter girlfriend Mm -hmm. and her family so like that's like bad enough that like they think that it's his actual girlfriend um and then her like grandmother because they're they're, like i think both their like both of their grandmothers are in the same hospital or something yeah basically both of them have to fake that they're in a relationship, a real relationship together. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the setup for the plot. I'm hoping that the main character's like incel energy gets out of here because I don't think I'll be able to enjoy the show very oh, much yeah, yeah, yeah. if that continues. But the lead girl is great. Love, love the character, love the personality. So there's like two types of harem anime I can enjoy usually, which is like if the main character is chill enough. Well, a a reverse harem all all day, or if the main character is like chill enough that I don't like, I actually truly enjoy that character yeah. and they're fine, or if the main character kind of sucks, but like all of the people that are like the harem characters are dope as hell, yeah, then I'll watch it. So I'm hoping it's not just mediocre. We'll have to see. I have to get more episodes. Uh, I know we we both watched. I watched the first episode of God of High School, mm-hmm. which was fun. Yeah, energetic. I've heard that the source material is not great, mm-hmm. so. I don't know how like interested I am in continuing to watch it, yeah. but it was a fun first episode. Yeah, I watched the second um, episode. Still, the sa- still kind of has the same energy um, as the first one. Yes, yeah, so I'm curious. Good animation. Hmm. The good animation. Yeah. I think Mappa's it's Mappa. doing it. Yeah, it's Mappa. Yeah, it looks good. Yep. And I've just been reading a lot of One Piece. I'm almost. I'm like three chapters away from chapter 500. Oh shit. Of One Piece, so I'm in it. I'm in it, guys. Oh, you're in, yeah, you are. You are. I'm halfway. I'm halfway to being caught up. Because <laughs> they're at chapter nine hundred something that right now. Is buck a wild to me? That is. So I crazy. will. I will say though, I get like. It took me a minute. I get why. I get why One Piece is the most popular manga like in the world. Yeah. 
it's it is truly that good. Like mm-hmm. I do think it is that good. I don't now. I don't think that it's like. I think that I like what I like Naruto more. Yeah. <laughs> to talk about another big series. Yeah. I like what other series do more, but One Piece consistently the, and One Piece is like problematic and Oda doesn't know how to draw, but one woman the body type. Um, mm-hmm. Period. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, but the girls do stuff in that series all the time. Yeah. They do shit. They're like, always it makes stuff. me. And like, and like dope characters with interesting backgrounds, uh, with good stories, yeah. with good powers, yep. they're strong. And I think it's like, still, it is not as good as it could be, or rather it's like, it's still usually not frequently not on par with like the male characters in it. Mm-hmm. But man, it is, it is so wild, like reading so much one piece and then just like looking at my hero next to it Yeah, where I'm just like. Let the girls do something. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Let, let, the, let the girls be strong. Let them do something. Yeah. And like yeah. my hero is, there's been more of it lately, I think. But it's just, it's just wild how good One Piece just makes you care about everything. Yeah. And every character. And it's going to make you cry about shit you don't think you're going to cry about. Mm-hmm. Like things that seem like they're just a one-off joke actually have a deep backstory that is incredibly sad. Yeah. That you will absolutely cry. I cried about a boat. <laughs> I cried about a boat. I cried about um, a whale that's just been waiting for his friends for like fifty years. Oh yes, yeah. Laboon. Mm-hmm. Cried about Laboon. Yeah. Um, you'll cry about a, a skeleton with an afro. Like it, <laughs> One Piece is just it's it's wild and it's good yeah, One and Piece it's worth is wild. it. The Shonen Jump like two ninety nine a month. I think is what it is. It's Subscription is like the best deal. Worth it. It's the best deal in everything. I've been reading so much manga because of it. Um, and then I've been watching a live action BBC show on Netflix called Giri Haji, which is like, it's it's like a, if you like British like crime dramas, mm-hmm. it's half that and it's half Yakuza film, basically, if you like the Yakuza games. And it's shot between London and Japan. They shot in both locations. Yeah. They used a bunch of Japanese actors for all the Japanese characters, which is great. Um, it's wild that I have to say that that's like that's not just assumed. Right. But it's just it's really, really good so far. It's like a really, really good Yakuza story, but the production on it and the feel of it is like a BBC like Luther or like a BBC mm-hmm. crime drama uh, drama. So very, very good. Nice. And uh, is it my turn? Oh yes, yeah. Um, so wow, DJ, is it my turn? Is it my Can turn I to speak? Is it my turn to speak? Um, yeah. So just to kind of piggyback off of One Piece, I've been watching the anime since they put a bunch of it on Netflix. So mm-hmm. I've had that going while I've been working, and it it definitely lives up to the expectations. Like I definitely like as a kid when torrenting was still like the way that you got a hold of anime at all really in like the early to early to mid 2000s i kind of quarantine and suncoast movies yeah because like <laughs> you, i was not gonna go to suncoast video and pay 50 dollars for a vhs tape of two episodes of an anime um but that's a conversation for another day but uh yeah like i chose naruto at that time so i focused all my time on naruto and watched that and all that stuff which is crazy to me like it was 1999 and i was watching that anime in high school and then went all the way through college and into my adult life and then ended not that long ago. But um, One Piece has been really, really fun and really enjoyable. I really liked it a lot. And again, to your point, Ruben, like, y- you look at My Hero, which I love very much. But, yeah, but I it's love like, man, like, it'd be dope if they let, like, Yayo Rozu or Ochako 
or Froppy do any of the stuff that they let Nami and Vivi do in they'll they'll have like a moment in a battle and you'll yeah. be like hell yeah but like you won't get a backstory where right. it's like before Nika Robin like does a cool anything you get like a bunch of her like you get like chapters dedicated to her backstory right before Nami joins the crew you get chapters dedicated to Nami's backstory oh yeah and oh but and by the way like that arc for Nami and yeah. like mm-hmm. when she like joins your group and then she bounces but it's because she's like trying to save her village and and pay the debt for the village from from the fucking shark dude and i was like wow <laughs> could you imagine if they let sakura have an arc could you imagine could you even imagine could- the closest that i think Naruto gets is like giving sakura the sorcery fight near the beginning mm-hmm. of shippuden yeah because like let's let's not forget she's a queen she's the first person to kill anyone she's the first of the kids yeah like i don't even think sasuke kills someone before sakura does mm-hmm. Yeah, I I gotta I, I gotta go back and look at that for sure to be. She's at least sure. like I think the first of like the main crew that have not gone to evil that does. But that's and that sorcery fight's fucking brutal, mm-hmm. and it's great, and it's her and a grandma. Like Kishimoto fucks up a lot of stuff, but that was like one moment where I was like, "You're doing it, Kishimoto." Yeah, I know it's in you. And it, it was bad. Is, it was crazy to me that the other like most iconic Sakura moment was when her daughter was like, "So like, what's the deal? Like, are you actually my mom?" Yeah, because like homegirl with the pink hair over here has the same glasses as I do. So like maybe that's <laughs> my mom. But like you're not my mom because what the fuck? And Sakura gets done dirty so often. Yeah, like I'm still I am still forever angry about all of the women in Naruto being turned into the real housewives of Konoha in Boruto. Mm-hmm. And not even as interesting and ridiculous as the housewife shows are. Why isn't Sakura? Why isn't she the head of the hospital? She should be the head of the hospital. That's her whole deal. Yeah, it just it doesn't. That's make it make sense. But uh, that, make, <laughs> make, please just make it make, make it sense. Make sense. Um, uh, this is a, a very quick detour. Yeah. Uh, Kishimoto's the series he didn't draw after, but he wrote Samurai Eight. Mm-hmm. He had a wrap. He wrapped up that series very very quickly because it was getting dropped from Shonen Jump. Mm-hmm. That series starts out feeling very like. Here's an Arito character who's a samurai, and every samurai has a princess, and the princess is just there to buff the samurai. And you're, you're kind of like, mm, okay, more of this. Um, the last couple chapters of that series, like, he 180s all of these things that were set up to feel very much like the normal dichotomy that way, mm-hmm. and it's great. You're just like, oh, shit, this character, this character who you thought was just going to be, like, the supporting princess the entire time her story is not going in that direction. It's going to be something else entirely. That's badass. Mm-hmm. Um, the character who is the Naruto character, like learned a lesson and is now going to get out of the way. Like it's, there's so much shit in there that I'm like, I wish the series had done well enough for them to keep going with it. Yeah. Because if that is the route that, that Kishimoto was going to take, it would have been a woman led Kishimoto series. Mm. It would have been sick, um, yeah. but uh, we'll never know. Well, no, yeah, we'll we'll never know at this point, and you know. That's... Anyway, yes, One Piece Arlong Park is a great arc. It's one. Of the, it's probably the first arc most people say like is where One Piece takes off. It's I think Arlong so Park good. is a good arc. Alabasta to me was the arc oh, that I was just like Alabasta has been incredible. I've loved the Alabasta. Alabasta is amazing. Arc. It's been so Alabasta good. arc is amazing, and I think that like Skypea is the next arc, which I think is fine. But I think is like done dirty because Alabasta was so good. Yeah, Alabasta has been fucking phenomenal so far. Yeah. So I've yeah. I really like what I've watched. I'm really excited to read it once I'm done with whatever Netflix has. 
Um, what else am I watching? Uh, yeah, God of High School. Again, like, I love a battle anime as much as the next person. I love really cool fights and all that stuff. I want to see what more it does other than just having cool fights. Um, yeah, which is the impression that I've, I'm under from what I've read about is that that's, that's it. Yeah. So I want to, hopefully sort of the there is more than just cool fights. Um, so, um, and we already kind of talked about Decadence, watching that too. That episode so two, I'm like, oh, I was not expecting this. So I, yeah, watch it for sure if you have Funimation or if it's on Hulu, do that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I didn't put this on the list, but I started watching um, a Digimon Adventure, the, the reboot of it again. Yeah. And that show looks really good. I've heard it's good. It's good. It's it's really different than the original Digimon Adventure. So um, it's not like a one to one remake. It's a com- complete and total reboot. So it's been really interesting so far. I like it. Um, I watched the first episode of Princess Connect, and I'm like, this is cute. It's like a isekai harem anime with princesses mm-hmm. and that and that main character boy that doesn't say anything. Which I'm like, great. Like the dude doesn't speak. They figured it out. Yeah, they figured out how to make it good. You make the main character. He's just a simp. Yeah, like that's all. Like, yeah, let the let the dude simp for all the princesses, and we're good. Um, and like and like not even a gross simp because he can't, he doesn't really even talk. Yeah, which is great. He barely knows words. Mm-hmm. He's just like I'm here to support you. Yes. Um, also, start watching Brand New Animal, which it's, I loved it. I, yeah, it's really cute. I really like it a lot. Um, like you know, I think it has muddy things to say about. Racial racial conflicts is what it seems. Yeah, like it's a, it, you know, like it doesn't know what it wants to say, but yeah, it's it's like when people are like keep your politics out of anime. It's like, did you not watch Brand New Animal? Like and see that it's like it's literally like allegory for race. Um, but you know, that's you not choosing to like actually like understand the sub actually engage context. with the content you're consuming. Yeah, um, I haven't finished it. I watched like I think five episodes of Doro Hedoro. It's fucking weird. So I love it so much. It's fucking it's so weird. Fucking weird. It's so fucking weird. So like, it's like a liquid television MTV yeah. show from the nineties, but but it's just about friendship. That's my favorite part. Mm-hmm. It's just about friendship. Yeah. And then I said I'm also I said that I'm uh, watching One Piece, which I've been enjoying very very much. Um, and is that dub the? Is that what dub are it's these? The new, it's the it's the uh, Funimation dub. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Oh, it's, no, not, it's not the, the four it's not kids the yo ho ho. Gotta go. Gotta go. Not me. It's not that oh one. Oh my god. It's not the four kids dub. All right. It's uh, the Funimation good. dub. When they got the rights to it. Um, jelly donuts. Which is good. Like the 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 dub, I think is really good. Like I like all <laughs> the voices a lot. Um. So I mean, you know, Funny does a solid dub. So I'm I'm in. Um. And I'm trying to think if there's anything else besides that. Was there any other anime that I've been watching besides that? Um. No, so I, another show that I've been watching. So my my husband and I. Can, oh, can you hear me? No, I'm just I'm just pointing at you because I'm like, get it. Oh, okay. Go, I, I was like, oh, what happened? Um, <laughs> um, we were watching um, Crazy Delicious on Netflix. It's a yes, new, I haven't watched it yet. It's a new competition show that's like really nice and wholesome. Um, Carla Hall, who is like one of the best contestants to come out of Top Chef and have a career from that. She's one mm-hmm. of the judges that are on that. And the whole set is is all of, like, food or things that are edible. So, like, all the stuff you can, the, the, the contestants can, like, pick from and forage from and, like, use to cook and make, which is really cool. Um, and the host, she's this really funny British lady. She's really, really funny. 
Um, and uh, yeah, it's just like really wholesome and nice. It's really low. It's a really low stakes competition show. It's just really funny, and people make really crazy stuff. Um, the second or third episode, there's a contestant on there. He um, prepares a watermelon like a like a like a barbecued ham. It look it, uh-huh. it, it's it's crazy. It like and the way that he cooks it and presents it is out of control. Like the stuff that they that they have to make. They it's it's really cool. So if you want something like low key, but like you see people make really delicious food, like that's great. And um, we my uh, and Brandon and I also started the um, the new Padma Lakshmi um, uh, food show on Hulu. Is it good? Tasting America. Oh, it's fantastic. The first episode is about um, El Paso, Texas, and they pull no punches talking about about the presidency and the and all the stuff going on at the border and mm-hmm. like they address that shit head on which is crazy and but like yeah, Padma, if you watch of... top chef before she's she's like the host of top chef but she is mm-hmm. a a writer a chef um all that stuff she's really really big in the food indi- in the food world in that industry and it it's so good it was just about like tacos it was like the whole episode was about tacos it was so good I've heard that her show's been like kind of uh, almost like a Trojan horse for talking about like because um, it's obviously it's about food and it's about food from regions, yeah. but so much about food from regions is directly tied into colonial uh, colonialism. Yep. Um, and so I've heard that like a lot of her show is like talks about colonialism yep. in like the political context yep. of food and cuisine, yep. which is cool because food shows like rarely ever do that. Yeah. Um, but it's great because I my understanding is that like. That is not the vibe the show gives you initially. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, shit. Okay, we're going to talk about some real stuff today. Yeah, no. Okay. It's, oh, they didn't pull any punches in that first episode. So I'm like, if this sets the tone for the rest of the season, like, I'm excited to see where else they go and what they talk about and, and everything. It was that. really good. I really, I really, really liked it a lot. Also good is, um, I need to finish the season, but uh, from one of the winners of the Great British Bake Off, Nadia. Yes. Her, she has a show on Netflix. So good. It's time to eat. It's so good. It is it is the chillest, like, because it's not a competition show. It's not. It's literally just Nadia being like, hey, I'm a busy mom, and I know that cooking's hard, so I'm just going to show you how to cook some shit that's easy. Yeah. And it's great because it's like, she does, she'll, like, she'll show you a recipe, yep. and then there'll be a thing where, like, it's someone else in Britain, in the UK, that, like, is like we get like a little sort of personal story about them and their business and why cooking's harder for them yeah. and why it's so busy. And so then it's like her helping this mother or this father or this family yeah. cook meals and eat better. Yeah. And then it's usually like her kind of going to like a, a factory or a farm yeah. or some industry thing with food. Um, and then it's like another one of her quick recipes. And it's just nice. It's just, it's so relaxing and so chill and, and not at all bombastic. It's like, I've been, I don't know, for me, I know that's been really nice lately is watching things that are just really calming. Yeah. Um, and not intense. Like some intense stuff is great. Um, I just got finished watching Watchmen, which is yeah. HBO's Watchmen is um, amazing. So good. Like, so good. Ta- and like a, a show with black people in the writer's room to tell black stories that are in that show that are fucking amazing. Yeah. Um, like yeah, imagine imagine it. that imagine it black stories being told by black people um in a superhero world yeah anyway <laughs> um so great intense stuff like that but uh watching calm stuff like this nadia show is just 
so charming. Yeah. And so great. And I think it's really important, especially right now, given everything that's going on that we addressed in the last episode, like, it is it is so important to stay informed and stay up to date with what's going on in our world right now with COVID and if you're in the U.S. So I know we have a bunch of listeners that are not from the United States, so um, I know that y'all are watching us from afar and like, yeah, this place is a fucking shit show. Um, but we have a lot of crazy shit that's going on here in, in the U.S. And if you can find like any semblance of joy or like calmness or a moment to where you can just like relax and not think about anything for a little bit like and take in some really solid content that is just so like joyful i think it's so important to take in that kind of stuff more than ever right now so whatever that looks like for you like y'all know that i'm a messy bitch that lives for drama so like all of my (laughs) messy like real housewife shows like give me so much like so much serotonin that i need to like just be able to just exist um if you haven't watched the dance show from Jennifer Lopez, World of Dance, you should watch that show because it is literally people, dancers from all different styles, from all over the world, competing to to win lots of money and all that stuff and be late and be known as like the 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 world of dance champion and all that stuff. Um, it's just really good, and um, the host, the judging panel is um, is Neo, Jennifer Lopez, and Derek Huff. Um, so that's Julianne Huff's uh, brother, and mm-hmm. Derek Huff is like, is like he's like so passionate about dance, like it's it's cute, like him being so passionate about his career, like is what makes him super attractive to me because he looks like uh, he looks like a weasel, like a cute, <laughs> sexy weasel. Like in the face. Okay. So if you if That's you a type. Derek Huff, H O U G H. Um, he's Derek. skinny, skinny little white man. Well, not skinny, but like a little fit white dude. Um Oh yes. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. When you say weasel, he, you're he, he yeah. looks a little weasley in the face, but he's kinda handsome. And not in a bad way, like a cute Disney weasel. Yeah, like yeah, exact exactly that. But um If a weasel is gonna be cute, yeah. this man has that <laughs> But he he looks like a villain though too. He yeah. has like a villain because he's face. got those like he's got like a very like severe face, right? His very severe. His eyebrows are very arched yeah. immediately. And but he is like so like passionate and excited about dancing, and because he comes from the world of like ballroom dancing, and so when uh-huh. he sees people that do ballroom, he's all, he's like he gets up and he like shakes his little hips and and everything. Like he's like super into it. Um, and then the, and then there's Jennifer Lopez being Jennifer Lopez and being like a literal goddess, um, but also oh. a really good judge. Um, yes. But uh, it's really good. So if you want a fun competition show about dancing, it's great. Lo- and what's cool is that there's like a kids, like a kids division and an adult division. And some of the kids, I'm like, are <laughs> dancing circle around these adults. It's crazy. So if you're looking for a fun competition show to watch world of dances, I, I highly recommend it. It's very good. I will have to check it. Mm-hmm. Out. Um, um but like yeah, I uh, what I think that's pretty good. Like we are at an hour and eighteen minutes okay. of podcast. Um, so yeah. just really quick, just want to address today. So um, there was a Nintendo Direct Mini today, and it was people upset. People are people are big mad, which we talked about the, at the beginning of the show about <laughs> Nintendo fans being angry over nothing. Um, but um. We finally, what's cool is that we finally got to see something for Shimigami Tensei Five, which we haven't seen since, I don't know, like, E3 of 2017. 
Um, so that's cool that that game is coming out in 2021. I imagine that game probably would have been out this year if it wasn't for COVID. But mm-hmm. it's cool that we're, that we actually saw something from from it. Um, I'm excited to see that game. the The Shimigami Tensei games are not the same as Persona games, so. Shin Megami Tensei games are hard as fuck. So, like, yeah. you just gotta be prepared. There's some hardcore JRPG you, shit. Yeah, you gotta be prepared to get your ass whooped. And then we're getting a, re- uh, a remaster of Shin Megami Tensei 3, which is really dope. So, Which I never played and I've heard is amazing. Yeah, they're really fun and they're really hard, but um, it's cool. Like, um, Kaneko, the character designer um, of the Personas in like the Persona games... Um, also did the character art for that game as well, so it's cool seeing uh, Kaneko just do just do them and get to see all their like crazy dark weird shit. So I'm really excited to see more from that. So um, other than that, they talked about a, a, a knockoff like uh, I guess Fortnite slash PUBG game that nobody cares about, and then um, the Cadence of Hyrule is getting like a ton of DLC, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so Which that's what they talked game. about today, but that's about it. Uh, the game that's most interesting to me, we didn't get in the North American uh, Direct. So the Japanese Direct, which is, the game is coming out worldwide in November. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called a Sukuna of Rice and Ruin. Mm. It is a, I'm going to send this to you, DJ, so you can see, because yeah. I don't, like not enough people are seeing mm-hmm. it, I feel like, mm-hmm. uh, because it just wasn't on our Direct for some reason. Right. Um, they probably just want to, like, uh, I don't know, the promote it differently here i remember seeing it something a, i remember seeing something from this like a long time like like a year ago and this looks it's great a 2d action platformer with a great art style yeah that also has farming elements oh great and i'm just like i'm i'm here for this yeah this is this is what i'm most excited about oh hell yeah i'm seeing 2d platforming in combat i'm seeing um hoeing fields and planting rice yes and like barley like and it's it's really really pretty. Yeah, I'm seeing action RPG. I'm seeing numbers fly across the screen. I'm seeing combos. Yep. Looks good. I I'm loving it. I'm loving all of it. So I'm excited for that. Even though we didn't have it on our direct, um, and I'm excited. I I would be curious to maybe play uh, the remaster of um, SMT three. Yeah, because I haven't played any of them. Yeah, and I've heard good things. They're good games. They're hella and hard. I, and there's things I know that Persona five like the the devil negotiation stuff is taken from the SMT yeah, games, right? Correct. Um, so yeah, it's P5 is like a gateway for it, I guess. Yeah. Um, so before we wrap up, I did, I did hit our discord for a couple questions. Oh, okay, cool. So I just want to see, see what we got, what we got in here. Um, let's see, uh, from quarter moose, uh, with the new paper Mario game out in a different battle system. Again, what game in a series do you love that really changed things up from previous entries? It's probably like a game that like really changed. Um, a game that that has changed from, uh, or like a game that like you really, really, uh, you really loved that had a sequel where like they really changed the gameplay a lot. Um, I I I, I hate to go back and talk about it again, but uh, Final Fantasy VII remake, like mm-hmm. totally, yeah, that's a huge departure, huge departure from the from the original game, and was so incredible for it, and I loved everything about what they did, turning it into an action RPG, which I think resonates with. Uh, a larger player, a more casual player base than traditional turn-based RPGs. Even though like Persona Five Royal is came out in the same in the same year, like there's there obviously is still room for both. 
um, styles of RPGs, but I think it's a great departure from what the original FF7 was. Yeah, I'm trying to think. FF7R, for sure. I think just because, yeah, the, the combat is so, 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 so different. Um, I'm trying to think if there's like anything that I've played where I was just like, wow, this is so intensely, intensely different from the last game, and I actually like it a lot. Because mm-hmm. um, like I didn't care for like when Star Fox became a platformer. I wasn't in love with that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything I could think of other what. Yeah, Star Fox Adventures was not, was not it. what I wanted. Um, you know, Fallout 3, I thought was an amazing change from like what Fallout 1 and 2 was, mm-hmm. like a big like Western RPG. Um, oh, uh, this game gets slept on. Castlevania Lords of Shadow? Yes. It's a good game. Yeah, it is. It, people were upset because it wasn't another Symphony of the Night. Mm-hmm. and But it's a really good, if you like Devil May Cry and you like character uh, action games... Yes. It's really good. It's just you have to learn that that game is not about offense. Like Castlevania Lords of Shadow is 100% about defense and countering. Yep. And if you don't get really, really good at that, um, you're going to have a terrible time. Same with, uh, oh, Metal Gear Solid Revengeance. There we go. Yes. Revengeance. Totally different. Also another game where like if you don't learn how to counter you're and gonna have a really defense bad time. in that game, you won't get past the first a level. A bad time. Really, really bad time. Um, and then I guess Mario 2 one of the biggest changes ever mm-hmm. even though it's not really a mario game i know yeah. don't 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 message me um, i know the it's not real a real game, game. doki doki panic so uh, they just put his skin on it because they thought that mario 2 would be too hard for american audiences and then on the super nintendo we got the lost world which is actually mario 2 i know guys i know guys just let us have our things i don't know why i don't know why a surfer told me all that um <laughs> bro look mario 2 is not actually mario 2 <laughs> We're going to get so high and talk about Doki Doki Panic, um, which is, is what I would do if I was a surfer, I'm sure. Um, from Holly, uh, what's a gameplay mechanic that makes you go absolutely bonkers with anger? Ooh, um, I try to block out games that make me angry or just like... I actually black out. I just don't... <laughs> it's like a, in like a gone. whirling dervish of rage. You just black out. Um... I've got one while you think of one. It's um, it is stealth missions that require you to follow someone, and there's a very very like small, uh, there's a very very small acceptable range of like how close or how far away you are mm, from the person. Mm, mm-hmm. Like that is I, I like stealth in games. I don't mind those type of missions, but when it's like you're too close, you're fucked. If you're just like slightly farther away than that that perfect like yeah. the the porridge is just right spot. That was like basically all of what Assassin's Creed One was, yeah. which is why that game was not the best. Right. Um, so I do have one. Um, I really, 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 really don't like games that are tied to strict time mechanics. So people are going to drive me for this, but I am. I did not like um, Majora's Mask because mm-hmm. of the fucking moon mechanic and all that stuff like apparently it's supposed to get easier once you like figure out the thing but i'm like this is not like coming off of ocarina time to where like i got to like take my time and explore and all that stuff to then go to a game to where like if i don't know exactly what to do but i have a time limit and then like the world's gonna explode and then i have to start over again like it's not fun for me and i also don't really care for like 
the roguelike games where it's like, oh, you die and you lose everything and start over from nothing. Like, mm-hmm. that's not fun for me. I, I, I don't find that to be a fun game mechanic at all. <laughs> it's not for me. Not 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 for DJs. Not my cup of tea. Um, Professor Litwick asks. Uh, oh, okay, this is very <laughs> very not game related, uh, which is great. Uh, you're walking down the street in tempo with the music playing in your headphones. You're feeling yourself just utterly slain and turning the streets into your runway. What song is playing? Um, what song is playing right now? Um, I guess it would probably have to be. Um. Oh, this is hard because there there has been lots of really good music this year, despite 2020 being an absolute dumpster fire of a year. There has been really solid music that's like for the gays and the girls um, and the, the queers in general. Um, so I guess the thing that I could say off the top of my head right now probably would have to be either um, Sour Candy from the uh, Lady Gaga Chromatica album featuring Blackpink. Mm-hmm. Or um, Busy Boy from Chloe and Halley's new album? For me, and it's funny because I have two very different answers that are very, like, very, like, different, I think, parts of my, like, my, like, quote-unquote, like, masculine and feminine mm-hmm. energy, more or less. Um, so one of them is a audition, man, um, audition Mantra by P.O.S., who, um, he's a rapper who's part of Doomtree, which is a like rap collective group out of Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Um, Audition Mantra is just like, there's like, there's songs that like, that just get you fucking just hyped yeah. up. Like, I would listen to it before performances for stage shows I've done. Um, if I was athletic, it would definitely be the song. Like, you know, when you see like a, a boxer listening to something before they get in the ring and they're jumping yeah. up and down, that's that song. Um, for more of like truly runway slaying, uh, it's Sorry Not Sorry by Demi Lovato. Yeah. That song slaps harder it's than good. I don't I don't know if anything to me has slapped harder than that song a in song. a decade. It's a very very good song. Uh, and there's like songs that I think are like better songs, but as far as just like you're owning it, you're perfect, you're amazing, yeah. you fucking slap that feel empowering. Yeah. Mm, sorry not sorry. Oh, no, it's a definite that song is like a definite earworm. It's it's super catchy. I think like anybody can like you know, vibe to it and, and all that stuff. It's a super, it's a super radio friendly, hyper accessible song that has a really good beat, really easy, catchy lyrics and all that stuff. So, you know, it's, it's good. It's a really good choice. Yeah. The way DJ, I know that you're describing that in a supportive way, but it felt so shady. No, Oh no. It's, it, it's I mean, so radio accessible. I mean, I mean, it's so basic that like anybody yeah. can listen to it. And, like, anybody, anybody can, can like it. It's radio it. friendly. Like a ba- and I was like, mm-hmm. a basic ass, average ass, dusty ass bitch could get, get their life to that song. It's whatever. No, not at all. Like it's, I'm pretty sure also that song is like, that was like when I came to visit you and I was just like, DJ, what's all this music? Yeah, like, <laughs> we were watching the MTV music awards and I was like, who are all these yeah, people? Who, 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 what's all this all music? What's happening? And Demi Lovato, I think did that performance at like a pool yeah. outside. Yeah. And I was just like, I like this song. Yeah, I, like, I like this. What, what is this that the, that the kids are listening to? <laughs> Who is she? Yeah. And then you had to explain all of oh, whichever oh, girl I, group I, I, I had to explain to, Fifth Harmony to you. <laughs> you had to explain Fifth Harmony to me and why you guys freaked out when like the one girl, like one it was girl like five girls, yeah. but then it was four. Uh, yeah. And I was just like, truly, it was a read. I was never, I, I wasn't actually gay until that. It moment. was a read. It was, that was such a read. It was. I was. I didn't know anything. <laughs> um, and then last question, another one from Holly. Um, 
asking, uh, you're on a you're on a road trip across country with some video game characters. Who are you bringing? Who's in the car with you? Oh, who was rolling with me on a fucking like cross country trip? Yeah, a video game character, video game and I'm 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 not going to allow fictional characters from other media that no. has video games. Ooh, that is uh, yikes. Ooh, I don't know. That's a really that's hard, hard question. My brain was like Chun Li, and I was like, well, Chun Li would be great, but that's what Chun Li's a cop, so I don't yeah. know. I have, I have mixed feelings about it. Yeah. Uh, you know, Peach would be great to travel. Oh, with, she would be. She's like, she's like, you know, she's she's a good time girl. She's just there to have a good time and you know, ride along. And she's also a princess. She, she might be bougie about a couple yeah. things, but but she's rich though. She's she good. Could, though. She could pay for all the snacks. She, she, she rich. That's true. <laughs> Whenever you stop, she'll be like, she'll throw shade on the gas station you're going to, but she will pay for the snacks. Yeah. So. Yeah. So uh, princess. Uh, yeah, princess Peach. For that's sure. a tough. I have to think. Uh, Crash Bandicoot. He just seems like he's ready for a good time. And just <laughs> run your swagger calls around. Just whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> That's all he does. Uh, you know, because, you know, if someone shows up for your cross-country uh, trip with nothing but a pair of jorts on and some shoes, you know they're going to have a good they're, time. They're, it's <laughs> the kind of chaotic energy that you need for any road trip would be the... For, for a non, non-verbal... Yeah. Non-verbal, but where's jorts... It's great. It's a perfect opportunity. It's a perfect person. Yeah, just, just tell people he's John Cena. You're going to be fine. <laughs> exactly. It's furry John Cena. That's, that's it. <laughs> just furry John Cena. That's it. <laughs> Can you imagine if John Cena was like, I'm a furry and my first own is Crash Bandicoot? Oh, my God. That, that's the episode title is, is uh, <laughs> Furry Judge. <laughs> I feel so bad when our episode titles are like one tiny thing we say in the last couple minutes of the oh, episode. Oh, yeah, of course. People see that. People see that and like, oh, there must, there must be like a 10 minute a 10 minute thing about furry john cena and it's like no nah, we just said it and laughed for a second yeah. we didn't even laugh that much at it. we laughed for a second <laughs> yeah, it's just funny <laughs> just a good little chuckle a little tee hee hee well thanks for the questions from uh from our, our discord peoples appreciate it always appreciate, appreciate it um and yeah. that's pretty much is gonna wrap up our show um does it we we have some stuff in the works that we still need to work out the kinks for and we should talk about it after yeah. this yeah after you stop recording mm-hmm. if we have a minute and figure and figure that mm-hmm. out um but uh-huh. yeah we want to do some stuff for you guys that we think is going to be pretty cool and we've gotten some uh, some feedback from our community on Discord about it, and they seem to be all for it. Um, so, yeah, again, big shout-outs to our Discord community. Uh, y'all make every day to be on Discord a blessing because there's just so much queer, chaotic energy in that channel. It's It's immaculate. We love to see it. Yeah, so much that we had to make a channel in there called Queer Chaos. Yeah. Exactly. We had to. Just because it, it couldn't be contained. It could not it couldn't be contained. just run rampant yeah. across the server. We had to put it in one place yeah. if we could. We had to try to. <laughs> but uh, y'all make, you know, I went to Publix recently. I found out uh on Wednesdays, I guess, the Publix sushi is like $5 instead of like 10 or 12 for a thing. Oh. And what I want to say is that the Discord y'all make it $5 public sushi every day. That's what you guys. Wow. That's what you guys do. That's what you guys are to me. Yeah. Five, yeah. On sale, five dollar public sushi. Mm mm. It's probably been there for a couple days. <laughs> That's probably why. And it wasn't the most amazing sushi to start with, but it will make me happier than anything else because I'm mentally ill. 
That's why. Maybe he's born with it. Maybe it's mental illness. I'm going to crush up my bupropion and sprinkle it right on that sushi. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. Um, Chase away the demons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! Um, I took an Adderall yesterday, like half of an Adderall yesterday. Yeah. Did you get really focused on doing a thing you weren't supposed to be focused on? Yeah, like I was just like good the whole day. I was like even like I was like I feel great. Like this is like I feel like nothing's bothering me. Like I I feel good, and um, I like this. <laughs> it was the few times I've done Adderall my. I'm just like, cool, I need to fucking buckle down. I need to cram session this thing for a test or whatever mm-hmm. else. I'll pop an Adderall. And then I just, I will get focused, but it will be on not the thing I'm supposed to be focusing on. <laughs> so it's it's good and not good for me. Oh, my God. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, drugs, that's that's also something. Uh, you know, refill your prescriptions, folks, if you gotta. Hey. <laughs> do what you gotta do. Uh, CVS, they'll ship it to you for free. Yeah, now. so you don't even have to leave the house. I didn't realize this the other day. They're like, it's your last day to get it. And I was like, oh, no, I don't want to leave today. And then it's like, we'll ship it to you if you can wait a couple days. And I was like, you OK? Like, All, All right, right, great. Perfect. I'll, I'll, I'll wait. <laughs> I love us and our tangents. Um, but yeah, let's let's get out of here. Um, you guys can find me yeah. on the Internet at Oh, hey, DJ. That's basically on everything. It's Twitter. It's Instagram. And it's also tiktok that's where you can find your boy making all kinds of dumbass content um and where can they find you my friend you guys can find me at rubots on twitter uh, that's right i'm on the hell site mm-hmm. i don't know if i'll ever leave because i'm addicted to yep. it it's a terrible it's place a t- take a break from it sometimes terrible terrible place but you can get me there don't try to get me anywhere else because i don't use anything else because i don't think i could emotionally handle it <laughs> And that's fair, and I appreciate the transparency. Um, well, you're welcome. Well, um, guys, gals, non-binary pals, we love y'all so very much, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.